Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. It's a Christmas season, and I thought today we would read a Christmas text found in Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at verse 6, which says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. What a great text to help us reflect upon the Lord Jesus Christ. A child is given a son who's going to grow up and be able to function in all these wonderful different areas that are mentioned in this text. He will be rule the whole world. He will be a wise person. He will be a counselor. He'll be a mighty God. He'll be an everlasting father, which can give everlasting life. He's a prince of peace. He continues to help us to have our sins forgiven. And because of that, we don't have guilt and we can have peace in our lives and joy and fellowship with him. And uh, he's going to be in control right up to the end. And uh, this world has a beginning and it has an end. And I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And I believe that um, uh, all wrongs will be made right. And God will be directing the affairs of men from the temple in Jerusalem here on earth. What a great promise and what a great prospect we have to be believers during this generation when I believe God is going to do some great things. Let's continue to worship him and keep our eyes fixed upon him, the author and finisher of our faith.
Kids Radio edition of Global Times. Today we have in our studio Peter and Valerie Limmer, who are missionaries uh, serving in Japan. God is using them greatly in the island of Okinawa. I had the privilege of visiting them there and seeing their ministry, and boy, it's really exciting to see how God is is uh, helping them to reach a very difficult people group. Today they're going to tell us about uh, some of the ministry outreaches that they have. So this, actually, this story relates to an older friend of ours at the church that we're working at. And uh, my parents happened to be in town. They were visiting us for a couple of weeks, and it was very wonderful to have them there. And so we were all sitting after church around a table. So my family, with all the people from the church, this older gentleman comes around with a pot of coffee. And he he asked my father if he wanted some coffee in Japanese, and my father doesn't understand Japanese. So I wasn't thinking very culturally appropriate. I was thinking more Canadian, and so I just looked at him and I said, no, no thank you, my father doesn't drink coffee. Well, later on that evening when Val and I were alone, Val says to me, you know, you shouldn't have said no, because it's not culturally appropriate to say no. And I realized that I had made an error culturally, and I had possibly could have offended him quite badly by saying no. And so the Sunday after, there was one of our friends, his English is very good, so I asked him to help me translate so I wouldn't make as many mistakes. <laughs> compound the error. Compound the error, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I apologized. After I had apologized, he put on a big smile and he said, oh, don't worry about it, that's not a problem. And he looked at me and says, but I, I do have a question and I was wondering if you would be willing to help me out with uh, being a crossing guard for one of the local schools. And so we looked at our schedule and, and it worked out perfectly because it was in the morning. And so I was able to go and do that first thing in the morning. I'm not a morning person, so I'd come back and have a nap and then get to work. Now, I, I just want to interject something here. In Japan, if someone asks you for a favor, this is actually a big honor because they're coming to you to ask you for a favor. and. Favors are the kind of the glue that hold the Japanese society together. And so when you ask someone for a favor, you are essentially also communicating that you want to deepen your relationship um, through this request so that your relational bonds will, through favors, will be more tightly will grow. Yes, will grow. Sorry. Um, There's actually a name for the emotion that a Japanese person will feel when they are asked a favor by a friend. And that Japanese emotion is called amai. And it basically means the happiness that you experience by being asked a favor, by being chosen specially um, by one of your friends to carry out this favor. So it was a really amazing opportunity and a real blessing to be asked. And so I did that for a while, and it was a lot of fun. And as our time in Japan was drawing to a close, the school realized that we were going back to Canada for a year. And as a gift, they gave me, um, they don't use stop signs for their crosswalks. They use a little flag. And so they gave me a flag and they said, oh, you can take this to Canada and show people who you're going to be visiting with, what you've been doing. But the more incredible thing, the thing that 
God went way above and beyond that I had no idea was going to happen was he's opened a door to go into the school to teach English. Wow. And it'll be just to go in and help the students as they're learning to read and write and speak a little bit. What we're hoping will happen is that we'll have the opportunity to ask the principal if we can invite the kids to our English class on Saturdays and that they'll be able to come and have conversational English, which the school system isn't very strong on. And if we can have that opportunity to fight them out, who knows how God's going to use that. But what an amazing door to be opened to a, a local public school in our area. The English classes that Peter and I hold on Saturdays are actually held in the church. And that is uh, an amazing opportunity we've discovered to bring people into the church. Churches are really scary for Japanese people. And so even coming in for something as simple as an English class ends up breaking down a lot of the barriers to coming back to hear about Jesus later on. And we've seen a lot of success actually through the little children bringing their parents into into the churches and people becoming Christians through this. Thank you so much for uh, some of these cultural differences that we wouldn't even think about in North America, and yet you've had to look at the culture and uh, and see how people act and react there, and you've been able to understand and actually apply these things to your own ministry and your own lives. And I'm really thankful for your sensitivity towards that and all the open doors that God has been given to you. After four years, you're doing a tremendous job, and we're really thankful for you. Lord bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you may be aware, this is the oldest Christian broadcast in North America, and we are celebrating by offering you a wonderful uh, booklet uh, by the name of Why the Nativity, written by David Jeremiah. They've made a film about it, and it's going to be a tremendous thing that's going to be shown over the Christmas holidays. And I highly recommend that you would find that on your TV set and watch it because it's, a, it's going to be a very biblically sound and a great blessing to you as you see different aspects of how Christ came during the Christmas season. You can get your copy of Why the Nativity, which is a booklet that has 20, answers 25 questions about Christmas, and I found it to be very insightful. So write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. And I trust that you'll continue to remember us during this Christmas season and be sure to pray that the gospel go out and many people will come to know Jesus Christ personally during this wonderful time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year to celebrate Christ's birth. Did you know?
carry did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know? Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco. Printed copies are available upon request. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. This is how the hymn writer Isaac Watts expressed his feelings for Christmas. Believers everywhere celebrate the blessed season with songs, joyful songs of hope and peace, songs of God's love for mankind and of Christ the Savior's birth. This is a happy season, and I wish for each of you listening today the warmth and happiness that knowing the Christ of Bethlehem brings. On this Christmas Sunday, I turn to the book of Galatians for God's view of Christmas. I hope it will help prepare us to worship and experience God's best during this blessed season. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 I read, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. In this verse we see truth that will help dispense the tinsel and trappings that captivate so many at this Christmas season. What is Christmas really about? What is the basis for the happiness and joy that this season is supposed to bring? The Apostle Paul, writing by inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, 
grasps the true essence of the Christmas season when he writes to the Galatian church first, in the fullness of time, or when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. The first thing we see here is that Christmas was God's idea. It was planned by God. It took place according to his plan. When time was full or complete, that means at just the right moment. Christmas was planned of God, and it took place right on time. We see then that God was in charge. Christmas speaks of the sovereignty of God. God had a plan for the world. He worked out that plan according to his own will. He sent Christ into the world at just the right moment. Israel had waited long for the promised Messiah. They had plenty of time to realize their own helplessness to overcome their sin. All of their religious ritual ended only in failure to keep God's laws. This surely pointed to the need of a savior. The time was right theologically. The time was also right conditionally. Israel was dominated by the great Roman Empire. This created many problems, but it also meant many conditions conducive to the spread of the gospel. Rome had achieved world peace by its policies of brutality and appeasement. This gave a measure of stability to government. The scholar Kenneth Wiest has summed up other conditions of time, of the time when he writes, quote, Roman roads made travel for missionaries easy. The universal use of the Greek language made the speedy propagation of the gospel possible. The earth stage was all set for the greatest event in the history of the human race, the incarnation, sacrificial death, and bodily resurrection of God the Son." Unquote. Then too, prophets of Israel had foretold of Messiah's death by methods unknown to Israel. In Psalm 22, David, by God's Spirit, wrote, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it melteth in the midst of my bowels. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. These and many more prophecies speak of Messiah's death by crucifixion, 1,000 years before the time of Christ. Now, crucifixion was not the method of capital punishment of the Jews, but it was of the Romans. Thus, prophecies of Scripture proved absolutely accurate and dependable and were fulfilled in Christ. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. We see then that every detail that was predetermined was fulfilled by a sovereign God. Then, too, the text talks not only of God's sovereignty, but it speaks next of Christ's divinity. For it says, God sent forth his Son. That little baby born in the humble Bethlehem stable and laid in a manger for a cradle was different from any other child ever born. The prophet Isaiah had declared 750 years before Christ's birth these words, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah spoke of the dual nature of Messiah. He would be born a child, but he would also be a son that was given. In Christ, both these were fulfilled. Born a child, Christ was human. But he also was the Son of God, for Scripture declares God sent 
forth his son. This is why Christ was so different, human and yet divine. Humanly, he became hungry. As divine, he fed 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. Humanly, he slept in a boat. As divine, he arose and calmed the raging wind and waves of a storm by his words, peace, be still. As a man, he died on the cross. As God, he arose the third day triumphantly. Christ was child and son, human and divine, man and God. This is what makes the birth of Christ so significant. No wonder angels were excited. No wonder they declared that through this child born in a stable, peace would one day come to all the earth. For Bethlehem's babe was also God, the Son, the Prince of Peace. Paul declares of Christ that he, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, 2 Corinthians 5. When we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate more than a sentimental story of a little baby being born to a poor family in impoverished circumstances. We really need to celebrate the coming of God's Son into this ruined world. This says that God knows all about us, that he cares for each one of us, and he has done something extraordinary, great and wonderful by his coming. Christ was the divine son of the living God. Then thirdly, we have in the text, humanity, for it says, made of a woman. Here is the Christmas story that we know so well. Mary, a young Jewish girl, was the woman chosen of God to bear the Messiah. Luke 1 and 30 says, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We shall probably never understand fully the mystery and holiness of Christ's birth. Isaiah the prophet had declared, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah 7. Joseph, the man to whom Mary was engaged to be married, chose not to believe Mary's story about the child. And Matthew 1 tells us he was minded to put her away privily, verse 19. This clearly shows that he knew the baby was not his, and only after a special revelation from God did he finally believe and take his place in the Christmas story. Christ was born of a virgin. Angels from God announced his birth, not to the rich and famous of his day, for they really weren't interested in God or what he was doing, but shepherds, lowly men, men who lived close to nature and who believed in nature's God, they heard the angel's message. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They believed God's revelation, and it says they came with haste and found the babe lying in a manger. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had seen and heard as it was told unto them. What joy Christmas brought to these men. Friends, Christmas means more than Santa Claus and decorated Christmas trees with gifts. 
It means that we need to come humbly to Christ, the Son of God, as the shepherds did, and see in him God's great gift to us. It means that we believe what God is saying and that we experience a life-changing re relationship with God that moves the focus of our lives from ourselves to a life of praising and glorifying God as the shepherds did. Finally, the text says that God's Son came to redeem them that were under the law. Here we see design or purpose. God had a purpose in sending Christ. The purpose was not just to be a good example. Christ was that. It was not just to reveal God's true nature. Jesus surely did that. He said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. John 14. In other words, the Father is just like me, loving, forgiving, caring, and so forth. What an adjustment many people have to make in their concept of God. The Father of the Old Testament is like the Son of the New Testament. The real purpose of Christ's coming was to redeem mankind. Bethlehem was to be inseparably linked to Calvary. Revelation 13 and 8 speaks of Christ as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This means that the at the beginning of man's creation, God had Calvary in mind. The question may be asked, does man need God's redemption? Some years ago, an evangelist was invited to speak to factory workers in a company canteen. After his message, he invited questions. A worker stood up and bluntly said, we don't need religion. We have everything we need here. We are paid well. The firm provides recreation. We are served food, and we don't even have to do the dishes. Why do we need your gospel? The evangelist pointed to a large poster that he had seen on entering, and it read, 1,200 knives and forks have been stolen from this canteen in the past month. Those wishing to use the canteen from now on must bring their own cutlery. Does man need God's redemption? Surely a quick look around at the murders, immorality, pornography, and hatred, and war is convincing enough. Christ came to redeem mankind. Redeem means to buy back by paying a price. Christ paid redemption's price and gave his life an offering on the cross for man's sin. Peter declared that we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And Paul says that Christ is the one in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. This is what makes Christmas meaningful. It speaks of God who loved man and gave his son to pay for man's sin. At this Christmas time, will you say with the hymn writer, O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. May God grant you a blessed Christmas season. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're very concerned about the spiritual well-being of those who do listen in, and we're thankful for those who are growing in their faith by listening to our messages, but also we're concerned about those who may not have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. But Jesus so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the Lord Jesus carried out the Father's will, and he went to the cross, and on that cross he bore your sin in his own body as he hung on the tree, 
the anger that God has towards your sin and your wrongdoing and your wrong thoughts and your wrong deeds were put on Jesus Christ. And he died there for you. And he was buried, but he rose again on the third day and he's alive and he's uh, ruling the world according to the word of God. And so we ask you to put your faith, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. If you trust him for salvation, uh, the Bible teaches you'll be a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. Don't forget to order your copy of David Jeremiah's Why the Nativity. This is a wonderful booklet. It will bless you. Please write and get a copy of it. You can write to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R 7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also visit with us at our website at www.missiongo.org. And you can get past uh, broadcasts of Canada's National Bible Hour. You may be aware that we now have a 24-7 Christian radio broadcast that is an internet radio broadcast that you can get on our website. And so if you go to M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O, missiongo-radio.org, please continue to remember us in your prayers. And don't forget to write in and get your copy of Why the Nativity. I trust that you'll have a Christ-centered Christmas and a spirit-filled experience throughout the new year. And may the Lord bless you.